Black. Yo, my boy, what's up, man? Chillin', man, chillin'. We back, man. We back one more time. How you feeling today, man? Man, feeling good, man. Another day. Back here for another episode, man. Can't get no better than this, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I forgot to turn on the camcorder, so I'll be right back, Black. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Reduced Lunch Action Sports News Desk. I am your man's Dedra L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists, back one more time. And this your man, Black. We back for another episode. One of your favorite sportsologists in the building. You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got a lot to talk about today, man. We're going to get into it. You already know, man. The Last Dance. Uh, it kicked off last night, man. The first two episodes, man. Documenting the megastar, the, the, one of the goats. You heard me. One of the goats. Uh, Michael Jeffrey Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, man. Um, we're gonna get, we're gonna break it down all the way, man. We have so many pinpoints we're gonna talk about. We're gonna shoot it to Fred, man. We're gonna give him a call. He was supposed to be here, uh, but Fred is cap once again. It didn't make it <laughs> out here with his boys. Uh, but we're gonna call in Freddie Briggs, man, to talk about a number of things, man. We're gonna talk about the last dance, and then we're gonna talk about uh the NFL draft, particularly the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're in the news today. We're recording on this fine Monday, and we're gonna get Fred's uh uh thoughts and opinions on his favorite uh team out there, the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, all right, man. So we're gonna go ahead and get the show kicked off and uh we'll be right back good evening ladies and gentlemen we are tonight's entertainment i only have one question are you ready no hartford i said are you His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack! You know, Stephen, they get on my nerves lately. Really? What he been doing? I mean, with his takes on the last dance, I know they OGs. I know they yeah, old man, heads. They old, what you expect, bro? I mean, it's what just, you expect? It's, it's wild, bro. It's you know, wild, You know bro. what I like about our situation, bro? We get a little bit of both. We, we do. Little, we, we do. The, we we do. new. We do. And we got a little taste of the old, so we kind of, we get to balance it, balance it out a little bit. But you know them old, old heads, bro, they be stuck in their ways sometime, my man. Yeah, me and you, like you said, man, me and Black are in our mid-30s, man. And, and we seen the tail end of the height of Jordan. And then, of course, we've been here for, for LeBron. We've been here for Kobe as well, man. So that is a great point, Black. Um... So I think when we do give our opinions, you know, it is legit. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're legit. not leaning one way or the it's other, legit, man. Bro. <laughs> All right, man. So welcome back once again to episode 52 of the Sports Test, man. Uh, we got a lot to go down, man. We're going to talk about the last dance, the NFL draft, like I previously stated. But we're going to head and we're going to go ahead and kick off the show, man, um, with our brand new segment, man. Start, bench, or cut, man. Let's go ahead and do it.
let's get with it, man. This week's edition of Start, Bench, or Cut. I think it's going to be a tough one, man, for Black. I think it's going to be a tough one for you, man, because I don't think you have no bias to any of these individuals. You know, I think it's going to be a real what would you do uh, if this was your team situation. All right, Black, here we go. You ready? Mm -hmm. Start, Bench, or Cut. Number one on the list, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number two on the list, Kawhi Leonard. And number three on the list, Kevin Durant. Giannis, Kawhi, KD, Black. Who you starting, man? Who you benching? And Black, most importantly, who you cutting? Mm. Mm. See, I knew you, you, you don't got no allegiance. You don't got no allegiance to none of these boys. Sure don't. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I'm starting KD. Ooh. I'm benching... Greek Freak, Kawhi out of here. So, Black, you say you are starting Kevin Durant. You are benching Giannis onto the Kupo. And you are getting Kawhi out of here. Yes, sir. Okay, well, of course, like you, you know, say, I ain't got no allegiance to none of these guys. Sure. Right? Oh, okay. sure. But I'm going to vehemently disagree with you okay. uh, on this That's one. Fine. And uh, I, I'm with you, though. I'm also starting Kevin Durant. He is my starter. But I'm benching Kawhi Leonard. Okay. And I am definitely getting Giannis out of here. I'm, <laughs> like, you heard me. I'm definitely getting Giannis out of here, man. So that was our Star Bitch Cut segment, man. Uh, Black did have to think about it. You see, he paused. I, yeah, I, I was I wondering where he it. went. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you heard it here, man. So y'all let us know what you'll do, man. If you're the general manager of a team and these are the three players, man, you got to let one go. You got to bench one. You got to start one. Y'all talk to us, man. Y'all let us know, man. All right, man, so we're going to transition right along. We got so much to cover here in the show today, man. We're going to get to our sound of the week, all right? Now, I watch a lot of sports talk shows. I watch a lot of uh, First Take. I watch a lot of Undisputed, man. And uh, this particular day, I was watching First Take, and they had the great Beerland Beer, one of the founding fathers of the Bad Boy Pistons. He was on there talking basketball. He was talking Jordan. He was talking LeBron. And I just found it interesting, uh, a, 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 a take that Mr. Lambeer had. And we're going to play that for you. Um, it's a very short take, but I think it's pretty gratifying. Gratifying. And uh, let's hear what Lambeer Although got. I think LeBron is the best player that's ever played the game. Mm. Um, he's six foot eight, 285 pounds, runs like the wind, and jumps out of the gym. And more importantly, when he came in the league from day one, he knew how to involve his teammates to win. Uh, and that's something that Jordan had to learn for a long time. Now, mm. if you go by championships, obviously, Michael Jordan has more championships. But I think LeBron in any generation would be doing what he's doing right now uh, all these years. And I think he, at the end of the day, I firmly believe that he's the best basketball player in the history of the game. Uh, oh, man. So, hey, look, look, we know what we're here for. We are here to talk about the last hey, don't dance. Don't go there, man. Don't do it. We're not going to do Please it today, do man. It, but, you, you, but you know how we get down at the we sports desk, man. We got some man. things to talk about, man. Let, let's you just, know, let's just stay a little on track we, here, we, man. We, we just on. wanted to let the great Ben Lair, Bill <laughs> Lambeer get it off real quick. You know, so he was saying that on first take. You know, this is somebody who's been out there on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Against Michael Jordan and the obviously he's seen LeBron James from afar. Um, but yeah, that was our sound of the week, man. Shout out Bill Lambeer. I'm not going to requote anything that he said because I think y'all heard him loud and clear. All right. All right, man. So we're going to transition into 
our uh our top five, man. So uh last week, our top five, I believe we did. Let me see here. I got it all lined up this week. Our top five, we did our favorite NBA logos. How ironic. A lot of NBA today. So we had our man's one more time, Quest 71084, chime in and give us his. My man said uh that the the 1980s Pac-Man Atlanta Hawks logo, the one with Dominique with the yellow. Oh, you know what I'm saying? They had the little ball yeah. in the middle of them. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, number four was one. the Rainbow Denver Nuggets. The Rainbow Denver yeah. Nuggets on the okay. front of the jersey. Uh, number three, he said the Chicago Bulls. Number two was the Seattle Supersonics. And number one for him was to, the first, the first ever Toronto Raptors logo. Yeah, that's uh, That was top five for my man. Yeah. So great fire there from you, bro. Uh, we appreciate your support, man. Again, that was my man, at Quest71084. Y'all can find him on Twitter, man, and chop it up with him, man. All right, man. So we're gonna get into our top. I mean, our yeah, our top five, man. Our top five. And before we do that, of course, you know we got to get it right, man. Right, so this week's edition of our top five is in unison uh, with the last dance, man. And the Bulls, they won six championships. They won six titles, man. But me and Black, we're going to give our top five. What, what five from those championships are, are, are the best for us? So that means we're going to leave out one. We're going to leave out one. So Black, talk to me, man. Give me your top five. Uh, of the Chicago Bulls championship runs. Give them to me, Black. Uh, at number five, I got the third. No, I'm sorry. I got the fourth championship against the Seattle Supersonics. Yes, sir. Uh, number four, I have uh, the last shot for the sixth reign. Uh, I have that one at number four. Uh-huh. At number three. I have the shrug against the Trailblazers. Okay. Ring number three. Mm. And then uh, number two, I have the. <laughs> mm. Black can't do his homework. I'm going to go on a call of mine. Nah, I'm going to call him mine. At number two, at number two, I got the first, the fifth ring against the Jazz. Uh-huh. And then at number one, I have the uh, first ring. The. The one against the L.A. Lakers. Mm, Black, you know I'm having to get on tough, you. It was tough, man. I, I thought it was going to be easy, man, but no. it was tough, man. I'm going to get on you, Black. I'm going to get on you later on, man. But uh, my top <laughs> five, man, at number five, I got a 1998, man, the last ring with the Utah Jazz, man. Crossing up Byron Russell, holding the poles, man. It's going in. Bulls get their sixth and final championship. Um, Number four on my list is the 1997 championship against the Utah Jazz. The flu game, all right? The flu game, um, man, I mean, just the drama. The drama of that game, man, and, and how the series turned out. Just spectacular performance. Not only from Jordan being sick, but Pippen had a bad back and dealing with migraines as well, so they went through a lot. Uh, number three for me, the Seattle Supersonics Championship back in 1996. And I'm going to keep it real. The only reason I like this championship because I love the bread 11s. Uh, that championship when. 
I mean, that shot with Jordan jumping up, grabbing the ball, and they got the pitch on Mike when he's crying on the floor. You see them 11 shining, them patent levels shining through the TV, man, because other than that, that series was treated ash, but uh, we'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, for me, number two was the Phoenix Suns. Uh, the reason the Phoenix Suns championship, 1993, Mike got on the bus. They packed their bags. Mike said, I want to pack my bags for one night. And if you don't think we can win this championship tonight, get off the bus. So that was a quote that I heard him say uh, in, in plenty of interviews, man. I just found like, man, he really wasn't playing. And they did it. They went out there and got that championship in six games. And at number one, the first one, man, the first championship. I mean, Mike was already a megastar. He was already a superstar before he won his first championship, man. Beating the Los Angeles Lakers in five games. The passing of the guard from Magic to Jordan out there in L.A., Air Jordan sixes, white cap on his head, hugging a trophy, got his dad next to him, man. Just an iconic visual um, that you see on T-shirts and posters everywhere these days, man. Mm -hmm. And it'll never go away, man. So those are our top five, man. We were kind of, I guess we kind of ranked our Chicago Bulls championship moments, man. But we left out one. So I left out the Portland Trailblazers one because I'm just, I'm, uh, all right, I ain't going to do it. I'm not no, okay. I will know, do the, it. The, the that's that's how iconic I mean, right there, I mean, bro. I mean, I how feel can you leave you, that out? I, I feel I feel you for that what? moment, but oh, the Blazers was on, trash, man. bro. Come on, man. This, hey, the oh, Blazers was uh, trash, bro. Okay. I mean, if it weren't for the shrug, would you remember that series? Be true, be honest. No, if it weren't for the shrug, but the shrug, but the shrug was iconic, bro. I feel you, dog. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. All right, man. So let's let's uh let's move along. Let's move along into our tweet. Of the week I know you all are just waiting And chomping at the bit For us to get to the last dance Man but we are almost there But we have some news Out of Jacksonville today man It's not a good It's not a good thing When your star players Your elite players Are out here beefing man With 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 the owner's kids With the owner's son I'm sure Tony Tony Khan Has a big role with the Jaguars But him and uh, Yannick Gakwe and Gakwe got into it today. Um, at 1.16 p.m. on April the 20th, Gakwe tweets at Tom Khan, Stop hiding, Mo. I guess that's a nickname or something. Tony Khan then comes back at Yannick and Gakwe. I'm not hiding, sir. I'm in isolation getting ready for the draft. I've been pretty active on social media in isolation, but you wouldn't know that since you unfollow me again in parentheses. Hmm. Now Yannick responds to Tony, Since you're feeling might today let's both let the world in on one truth we've been had a discussion that the charges that the chargers game was my last game yet you try to backdoor the situation without answering any of my camp calls shaking my head you spoiled brah holding up holding me up for no good reason you a clown that's what yannick and Gakwe gave to Tony Khan today. Uh, shout out Jersey Man, Tussie Slide. You can get that on uh, iTunes, Title, Google Play, Six, you know, OVO, everything. All right, so, you know, shout out Champagne. All right, man. So, so we're going to get into the Jaguars a little later, man. You should see the look on my boy Black's face, man. He's disgusted yet again the Jaguars in the news for the wrong reason. But hopefully that changes this Thursday uh, with the NFL draft. So I know normally, man, we uh, when we go into the NBA, we play the NBA thing, but we're not going to do that today, Black. We're going to play something else. We're going to play something else, Black, that I'm sure uh, you and probably everybody out there who's around our age or knows anything about this are going to get a kick out of, man. So 
Let's roll it. Sometimes I dream that he is me. Got to see that's how I dream to be. Baby singing so hard. Oh. <laughs> Baby singing so hard, bro. You meant that. Yeah. <laughs> Mike had to be like right in front yeah, of her man. while she was singing that. Boy. All right, man. So it's time. It's time. It is time. Last night was the world premiere, the debut of the highly anticipated Michael Jordan Bulls documentary, The Last Dance in Black. Before we really get going, man, I, I don't think it'd be right, man, if I didn't do, it, do this thing the right way, man. <laughs> I ain't gonna do it. All right, man. That was dope. They showed him some love on the on the first uh, first two episodes. Yeah. The announcer, yeah. Yeah, man. I like that. Let's get into it. It's time, Black. It is time to discuss the last dance here at the Sports Desk, man. This is what you're gonna be hearing from us for the next five plus weeks. Thank you, Sports Gods. Thank you, Adam Silver. Thank you, Michael Jordan. Thank you, ESPN, for giving this to us four months ahead of schedule man we are elated man so much took place in this documentary last night and that's just the first two episodes man just the first two episodes and and we we learned a lot black we learned a lot in, in the first two episodes man but we have at least six pinpointed topics that we're going to go uh down the list on but before we do that black what was your just 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 your feelings man after the first two episodes man how, how do you feel after seeing the first two Man, I was excited. I was a little uh a little surprised and taken back from a few things on the first two episodes. But uh stuff that we didn't know or stuff I didn't know. Uh-huh. Uh so it, it it surprised me and shocked me uh a little bit. But um yeah. I was excited about it, man, from from the from the jump, man. I knew it was gonna be some stuff right out the gate that was gonna come up and we were gonna see that. We didn't know or I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, man, it, I enjoyed both both of the first two episodes. It's Reduce Lunch Sports. Yeah, same here, man. I, I learned a lot. I learned, I learned a few things I didn't know, man. But at the same time, man, it just really felt good to finally get a piece um, on Jordan and Chicago Bulls in this way. We're getting in-depth stories, looks, interviews, photos. We're getting everything, man. So it was really exciting, man. I just want to say shout-out to the NPN Network. They had a live chat, you know, uh, last night. And, um, you know, it was pretty cool, you know, sitting there chit-chatting, you know, uh, shooting the breeze, man. Shout out Al Pete, 
uh, Chief Rocker, Hendrix, Fred, uh, Brian, um, um, Audi Five Thoughty, uh, everyone who was on the call last night, and my boy DJ Larry Love, man, everybody who participated. It, it was a good time, man. So shout out MPN for always doing things like that, man. Like that for us, man. So Black, let's get into it, man. The Last Dance, the first pinpoint on our list, man. We got to see Young Mike. Like hmm. young Mike, a young Michael Jordan. And when I say young Mike, we was able to go back before he even got uh, to North Carolina. We was able to see some of the figures who were a part of that story. Roy Williams, of course. I didn't mm-hmm. know Roy Williams was on that coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, uh, he was. I, didn't I did know that. Yeah, I did know I that. I didn't know yeah. that. Of course, you got the great Dean Smith who was there as well. But I didn't know Roy was there. So, Black, give me your take on how, do you, how did you feel hearing the stories of a young Michael Jordan who struggled coming out of high school, coming out of high school, not making his uh, varsity team his tenth grade year, and then finally getting it his eleventh grade year. Well, um, I think the most thing was intriguing about that to me, and I know uh, it kind of hit close to home. I'll kind of put it with me and you being best friends. Uh-huh. The competitive nature between him and his brother Larry Jordan. Yes, sir. Um, if no one knows me and D, we are very competitive. We yes. push each other with everything we do. We're yes. very competitive people. That's my brother, like, yep. and I can understand what Mike said. If it wasn't for his brother, mm-hmm. you know, he wouldn't have the competitive nature that he has. Facts that he had in his NBA career. He said uh, that was all due to his brother yep. pushing him. They got in fights. They they did everything to push each other to be better. And that's the same thing with me and you, D. You know, Absolutely. so I could I could that really stood out to me uh, early in his career. And then uh, him saying his dad, he just let them do everything. He he, they just put him in sports. Say y'all do whatever y'all want to do. You know mm-hmm. y'all need to do be active. You need to go out there and do things. You know when they was fighting, their dad said, "Oh man, they boys, let them have at it." When they yeah, yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do with boys, man. They're supposed to be competitive, mm-hmm. and you know uh, that's how you learn how to uh, be competitive coming up, man. It, it starts at home with your with your siblings. Mm-hmm. So that was good to see that, and then the uh, the ups and downs of of uh, him doing high school from being cut to uh, him growing until uh, what I think it was like three or four inches over yep. a certain he amount was of time. Yeah. and grew up to six yeah. So to his junior from year, getting yeah. cut until you know his whole high school thing was like it was really ups and downs. Yep. You know, it, it it was bad, and then it got better from him becoming a starter and everything. So and then and so I enjoyed that part of it as well. And then you know the telling of him being. Highly recognized coming out of his 12th grade year in high mm-hmm. school. You know, everybody wanted this kid, but uh, Dean Smith made it his business to make sure he had Michael Jordan at North Carolina. So, and then being able to go to North Carolina and then really start, you know, having his ups and downs. You know, the the I thought the note was so perfect that he wrote to his mom. Yeah. You know, I felt like that was uh, real perfect because kids struggle in school. And back in those days, I'm it was... I believe it probably was a little more harder than it is in these days and times. So Mike was like, "Mom, I need you to send me them stamps. I'm sorry yeah. about the I'm sorry about the phone bill, seventy five dollars yeah. phone bill." But yeah. man, it, it, it it's amazing to see Mike in that light. Uh, that stuff that we never get to see, man. And mm-hmm. I enjoy seeing that about him. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding, bro? Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? Oh, for me, man, young Mike, man, I was really just taken aback by the story. You know, you you're getting to hear. You, of course, you know about him not making the varsity team his 10th grade year. And you saw it in Space Jam. They kind of recreate kind of some of those stories. But you don't, get to, you don't get to see the people who were involved 
um, his best friend, I forget his name, his best friend who was uh, talking about it when they was living in Carolina, you know, he was just so hurt. You know, his mom was like, we cried together. You know, his daddy said, well, if you want something, get up off the ground, work hard at it. And just for them to detail the summer that he had as a what what 16-year-old kid, yeah. relentlessly, day in, day out, night in, night out, the wars with his brother Larry, you know, to get him in shape, get mm-hmm. him um in, in a mind a mindset, have his mindset and his heart as a built like a warrior to go into his living grand year and make the team. And the one story that sticks out to me, they invited him to the, the camp up there in North Carolina. And they said they heard about him. <laughs> we heard about this kid. He was doing some things down there. Uh, where Mike was from and they said in a matter of what two days he was <laughs> one of he was a good basketball player but now he's the best player in the country mm-hmm. in two days you know just his work ethic and, and everything that Mike did and I, one other thing that Roy Williams said uh, when he officially got on to North Carolina, uh, he said, man, I'm going to be the greatest basketball player uh, to ever play the game. And uh, Rob Williams said, well, you're going to have to put in a lot of work. You're going to have to work harder than everybody else. He was like, well, I already did a lot of work, you know, when I was in high school. And he said, excuse me, I thought you said you wanted to be the best player uh, that ever played this game. And he said, Jordan looked at him with this snarl and with this, with this intensity and said, won't nobody outwork me here, you know, and – you saw it in, in Roy Williams' face, man. Yeah. That that still live with Roy. You know, mm-hmm. for him to, you know, let it roll off like that, man. Yeah. But uh, shout out to Michael's parents, you know, hardworking folk, you know, instilling in them hard work and responsibility. And if you want something, you got you to gotta break down and work hard, get dirty, and go yeah. get it. And, and the, the competitive nature, I just, I laugh through it all when I seen it. Because like Black said, like, if you didn't, if you walked in a room and me and Black was debating some you probably would call the police <laughs> because the energy and the atmosphere would be so intense. You can ask anybody who's ever been around us, man. It is absolutely insane. So when I hear Jordan and his brother, Larry, who was on the dock kind of discuss, you know, how their relationship was. I, I, I just laugh. And, and I, of course I think about my man's earnest and I think about my boy, Fred and you know how we all came up together and how it was just relentless and uh, but it was really good to see and get a little bit more insight on young Mike. Yeah, it was, man. I enjoyed that. All right, man. Going down the list, man. Uh, we're going to talk about Mr. Jerry Krause. He was <laughs> highlighted very, very early, very, very early. And I was telling Black earlier today when we was preparing for the show. It looks like Krause is going to be painted as the villain mm-hmm. in this documentary, you know, and you know, Mr. Krause is, is no longer with us. You know, he passed away back in 2017. But when, so when we speak about Mr. Krause. You know, we're speaking about the times that we're seeing. You know, of course, we're not disrespecting the dead in any way. So I just want to put that out there just in case anybody might feel away because I do have some things to say about Mr. Krause. So, Black, let's kick it off, man. Uh, what do you think about the early introduction of Krause? Like what you heard, what you seen regarding Michael, Phil, the Chicago Bulls as a whole. What what'd you think about him, man? First, I was I was first off, I was shocked. Uh-huh. You know, being a guy coming from baseball, I'm like, why did why did they make this move yeah, yeah. from baseball crazy, to, crazy. to the NBA? But uh, we see why, you know. But yeah. uh, you know, at first, you know, they said on a documentary that things with him and Phil were awesome, you mm-hmm. know. So, and I, I don't know. I guess I guess Phil started getting a little bigger, becoming more of a sure. coach, more more notable, more noticeable, uh, yeah. notice, noticeable. So. I think it just went south somewhere, and mm. um, 
And it looks like the owner, he was he was on this guy. He he rode with Jerry. He rode with Jerry Krause through the whole thing. Oh, like, Because that's his guy. So yep. he rode with Jerry through everything. So I seen where it got a little salty uh, in the beginning. And I seen someone say... Uh, he had the uh, the little man syndrome where you got you feel like you got something to prove, yeah. Mr. Jerry Cross. I know you're not here with us anymore. Yeah, but I'm used to that, brother. I could relate to you. <laughs> All of my friends are six foot or better, and I'm the only five eleven, a five ten guy out of the bunch. You know, so I always I always felt like I had something to prove. You can ask D. I was always the short one. I was always the one with something to prove. If we was getting into it, I was the one leading the line, the smallest one. Yes, sir. You know, so I can relate to you being a small guy, so you feel like you have something to prove. But Mr. Cross, you just went by it the wrong way. Yes, sir. You know, and I know you're just handling business and you mm-hmm. let your pride get the best of you. Mm-hmm. But my God, come on. you we We could potentially be looking at something really, really great here that you were salty about. Yep. And we've seen greatness. Yep. But I feel like we could have probably potentially seen more. Yeah, man. If it wasn't for egos and everything that was involved coming from your way. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you, D. They definitely are painting this picture of him being the biggest villain yeah. in this documentary so far. Yeah. Hey, this reduced lunch sports, man. Come on now. Yeah, man. You know, Mr. Krause, you know, he um it's it's a it's a two-sided thing with him. He knew what he was doing. He built the team around Michael. He built that team. Like he did. He brought those players in. You, you know, you 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 get you get Charles Oakley out of here, and you bring in Bill Cartwright. Um, you make the trade for Scottie Pippen. You know, the Supersonics draft them. You bring them in to Chicago to pair him with with Mike. You know, uh, Paxson and Kerr, all the role. Tony Kukoc, you got him from overseas to come over here. Like he was a world class general yes, manager. But like Black said. He wanted more credit. He <laughs> wanted more notoriety. He wanted people to say, not Jordan and the Bulls, not Phil and the Bulls, not Pippen and the Bulls. He wanted people to say Jerry Krause <laughs> and the Chicago Bulls, and it just was not happening like that, especially when you're working side by side, the biggest star in the world. <laughs> Around that time, you had Michael Jackson and you had Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. They were in commercials together. You see what I'm saying? But Krause, man, what really struck me about him was – he wasn't he was unapologetic about his stance. Like oh, he yeah. won he won he won moving. He was gonna stay on all 10 and let you know, hey, I'm the reason. <laughs> I'm the reason, not Jordan, not Pippen. No, I'm the reason. Like he was very, very upfront about it. And in a weird way, I kind of rock with Jerry Krause. You know what I'm saying? Just really? yeah, just just his approach. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because he got a lot done. And when you look at these teams, He's right. His name does not get mentioned enough as being like, hey, hey, I know Jordan and Scotty played. I know Phil was coaching. But hey, 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 somebody has to make these deals. Somebody has to get his camaraderie together with these teams. But that's why I stopped with Krause. I'm a firm believer of any player who is on the field, on the floor, they are the ones who are at the end of the day are going to win or lose. The players. Mm-hmm. And 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 when you got a world class, world renowned athlete like Michael Jordan, just just at this point, you saw Magic, you saw Larry Bird, but this is what people are saying. This is Jesus in sneakers. Larry Bird said this was God in disguise, disguise of Michael Jordan <laughs> in the garden. Like you hear these references over and over. Larry Bird is a top ten player ever. 
Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson is a top five player ever, greatest point guard to ever play, and they're referring to Michael like this. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I think Kraus should have. He got enough accolades. He got general manager of the year. He got all the More than awards. Once. Yeah, that's More what I'm saying. Once. He got yeah. all the awards, but then he started getting in the way. And you saw mm-hmm. Mike joking, making fun of him. We about to get into Scotty in the Scotty little man syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Scotty was going to war with him. <laughs> Phil quickly was disgusted by him, despised the man. Oh, yeah. It turned ugly, man, very quickly in the documentary because they was going back and forth. They took us back to the '80s. And then they speed us up back to 97 and 98. Yeah. So now they're, I think they did a good job by piecing it, piecing it, piecing it, of course, until we get to the end. And then we'll learn the full story about Mr. Krause. But, you know, he is going to be looked at like a superior villain. But I don't want it to be lost that this man did a damn good job. Okay. He did a great job. And, and who else in his shoes could have had the run that he had? Ten years with those guys. Six titles. He was in the mix of that as well. Yeah. And another thing about that, I was like, the you could tell that the beef was so real. Like, yeah. he didn't invite Phil to his wedding. Yeah. Like, and this is this is a guy that you brung in as an assistant yeah. from, from, from your uh, first coach. Yeah. And let him become a head coach. So you kind of groomed him a little. Yeah. You know, and... And then uh, seeing that he was finna bring some coach from Iowa University, some guy I've never heard of in my yeah, life, yeah. to groom him to take Phil's uh, take Phil's place. Yeah. But I was it, it, it's just amazing. But like you said, like he he did a lot behind yeah, it. Man. You know, people behind the scenes don't get a lot of credit. They don't. You know, they're not the ones in the front. They're not the athletes. They're not the ones on the court putting in the work and doing everything. But they're making the most important business moves. You know, that's what makes this game go. The most important business moves. They have to get the right pieces and everything. And another piece was on there when they said that's the heart. And I could and, and, and I could believe that they had to get rid of Charles Oakley. Yeah. Like I, that had to be really, really hard. Real tough. You know, real tough for Jerry Krause to have to get rid of a future, you know, a future top player in the league at yeah, that, top at big that man. time. Top and big. Top, top big in the league Enforcer. at that time. Enforcer, you know, yeah. that's going to be your bodyguard. He's going to protect your star player at all times. And we saw that. And we saw it. And Mike's like, Mike was like, he uh, it hurt him, but he know that they had stuff in place to get them to the next level to win the championship. Facts, facts. And yeah, man, so it's, I'm gonna. It's gonna be real interesting to see how they continue to roll out Kraus because you heard the owner say, and you heard uh, uh, Bill Winnington say, um, he he loved everybody. He had a, he had a heart of gold. Like you know, you would see him out and about, you know, talking to other people, and he was like, man, he's 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 a great guy. But when it comes to that business thing, he did want his credit. But the thing was, he was getting the credit. He just wasn't getting it the way he wanted it. Mm-hmm. Because every time he turned on his TV, who did he see? Michael Jordan. Every time he drove by a billboard in Chicago, what did he see? Michael Jordan. Every time he turned the sports center, who did he see? Michael Jordan. Everything. <laughs> every time he seen little kids walking around <laughs> Chicago and in United Center, United Center, what shoes did they have on their feet, Black? Jordans. Yes, they did. And 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 I guess Krause just couldn't sit still with that, man. And and he is definitely going to be painted as a huge Huge villain. And um, let's transition out of the Krauss man and, and, and get to one of the most hmm. heated um, segments in, in the whole uh, first, uh, second episode. They really shined on it. His beef with Scottie Pippen. Hmm. So let's kind of back it up before we get to Krauss versus Pippen. 
you know, Pippen coming out of uh, high school. And we learn we learn more about Pippen. Yeah. You know, he, he coming from the smallest of the smallest cities. Central Arkansas. And, and I'm just saying, like, even before he got to college, yeah, like, yeah. he coming from no man's land in Arkansas, in Arkansas yeah. man. Like, the smallest place. I think he said, like, 3,500 people mm-hmm. or something in that town. 12 kids. 12. His parents had 12 children, man. And, 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 and Scotty started playing basketball in a dusted alleyway with a with a uh, crate hoop or something like that. My man said he had holes in his shoes, but basketball was his escape from all of the kids, his parents and stuff like that. And then he just get the hooping and then he goes to a small school. He goes to Central Arkansas, man, and he makes his way. And I love I love how Scotty said you had a couple of kids. They didn't pan out academically. Two more scholarships got on the table. He said he was very persistent. He was the water boy. Correct. And yeah. the equipment manager. And the equipment. <laughs> and he got with the head coach. He said he was very persistent. And the head coach finally gave him a chance. So, Black, let's start right there. Scotty's grind from coming out of the middle out of nowhere in Arkansas, getting to central Arkansas, making his name for himself. You know, what did you think about that, man? Yeah, uh, very beautiful story about Scotty, man. Yeah, Something man. I, I never knew in my heart. You know, goes out to Scotty. You know, listening to his story, like yeah. you, you gain a whole lot of more respect yep. for Scotty. But you yep. know, his situation coming up, man. His dad had a stroke at mm-hmm. a young age. It's crazy. It was it was uh, written to a wheelchair. Yeah. Uh, one of his brothers, uh, somebody fell on his back, paralyzed. Yeah, man. So they had two people in the home of already fourteen or fifteen people that were paralyzed and uh, written to a wheelchair. It's crazy. In his life, early in his life, before he was a teenager. It's crazy. So, man, um, from, and, and from that, you know, he learned to grind and fell in love with basketball and learned how to be an adult at a young age. You know, you never yep. really want to wish that on your children yep. and have to come, become an adult before they have to, but Scotty had to do that. And then, you know, his escape was basketball. And then, you know, him, all his ups and downs through life and then leading, going into... Uh, Central Arkansas playing, but in high school, the picture that they painted is just like a, the type of picture that that he was just a superstar in high school. He just had it all mm-hmm. in high school. He was the best high school player. He didn't. He 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 grew into you know he grew into his spot in high school, but he became one of the best high school players where he were where he was from. Yeah. But then he went to a small school because. You know, by him starting so late and getting known, you know, really too many people didn't know about him. Yeah. So he went to a small school in central Arkansas where he had to become the equipment manager and, you know, the water boy and yeah. all that. But he got his chance. And one thing that I like that he said, he was persistent with the coach. Mm-hmm. He aggravated him enough to for the coach to say, you know what, I'm going to give you a shot. He, might, he didn't never give up. He could have been like, man, I can't be the equipment manager. I, I can't be the equipment, equipment manager and keep doing this, man. But he stayed persistent with the head coach. Coach, give me a shot. You know, I'm, I, I can play ball. You know, I, I can bring good things to help this team, mm-hmm. you know, win or do whatever. But, you know, seeing him in that light, man, just not giving up on his dream. Well, he had all the reasons to try to give up, but he never did. And and, and I like that about Scott. I gained a whole lot of respect because you never know those things. And, Seeing that and seeing him in that light and everything that he had to go through, it's amazing, man. You heard the new episode from the sports desk, bro? Man, turn that other show off, bro. Yeah, Scotty, man, like, just really piggybacking off black. Like, man, this man grinded. Like, (laughs) a real grind story, man. To see what he ultimately became, 
from where he came from, it's it's nothing short of remarkable, man. Like the circumstances was ridiculous, man. You know, 15, 14, 15 people in the house, dad in a wheelchair, one of his older brothers in a wheelchair. He grinds and wants to pick up basketball, makes a high school team, you know, goes to central uh, Arkansas. No scholarship. Nothing. Begged to be the equipment manager. <laughs> Got was able to do that. And then the coaches, the coaches let him practice with the team. They just let him practice. They use him as a body, and then they turn around like, oh, man, like, we might got something here. <laughs> got a scholarship, became one of the better players in the country, and got picked fifth in the NBA draft. Ridiculous. Just a ridiculous story, man. And we'll move along in Scotty's story here. So he gets drafted number five overall by the Supersonics. Krausen already have the deal in place to get him from Seattle and bring him into Chicago. Well, you already have Mike, Mike, who's already been in the league three years now. Scotty comes in. And then we all know what happens from there. But um, we're going to save his career, but we're going to get into the back half of this story with Scotty Pippen. Like, I want to read off um, some numbers for you, man. We're going to talk about the highlight of this part in his career. So back in, I think it was 19, yeah, back in 1997, Scotty Pippen was the first on the Bulls in assists and steals. Second on the Bulls in scoring, rebounds, and minutes played. Six. Number six player on the Bulls salary. Number six. And number 122. 122nd player pay-wise in the NBA. Now, I'm going to read off some of these numbers for you. Of course, Michael Jordan, 1997-1998. $33.1 million he made. Second highest paid player, Tony Kukoc. $4.5 million. Third highest paid, Ron Harper, $4.5 million. Fourth highest paid, this is laughable too, Dennis Rodman, $4.5 million. Oh, wow. Number five at $3.1 million was Luke Longley. He was making more money than Scottie Pippen at $2.7 million. Dollars. That's horrible, man. $2.7 million. So let's get into the beef. Scotty was coming off of an injury. Um, going into the 1997 season. Uh, he missed a good bit of the season. And um, this was a war between him and the front office. Scotty was vastly underpaid. He wanted his payday. The Bulls basically was like, we ain't going to pay you. We ain't paying you. You know, Scotty's recognized as one of the top 10, five players in the NBA at that time. He's quoted himself as saying he's one of the best players to ever play the game of basketball, and he hasn't been compensated for it, which ensued the disgusting rivalry with Jerry Krause. As we saw on the documentary, Black, what was your takes on the way Scotty handled the first part of the 1997 season with his injury and with his remarks versus uh, going at the Chicago Bulls of course, with him not being paid. What What are your thoughts on that, man? It was I could I could respect it and see why Scotty did it. Okay, because Scotty was like uh, he was he was Robbins to Michael Jordan's Batman. Yeah, uh, it was a point in time on his team where <clears throat> uh, when Michael Jordan retired, Scotty Pippen was the star. Yeah, he was the guy leading them to the playoffs and taking them on playoff runs and. Yep. I could understand his situation where he wanted to get paid. 
And um, the way that he went about it, I'm not going to disagree with it, but I'm not shocked about it because we, 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 we see it now in this age of basketball. You see, you see uh, people don't, in, in sports in general, ones that don't get paid, you know, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. You know, if, if they had a social media platform back then, it would have been much bad. Oh, it would have been yeah, really, yeah. really bad, you know? Yeah. So their only outlet, they was, the only thing they could, their only outlet to, to show people was to act it out. You know, I'm saying, well, show their true feelings, you know, and then when they got the cameras in front of them, you know, say a few words. Then, um, a lot of people would agree that he went by it the wrong way, but I'm not. I'm. I'm. Not, I'm not going to say he went by it the wrong way. All right. Because I feel like he was poly. Look. Look at the names that you said. Not. Not to disrespect none of those guys. Luke Longley, uh, Tony Kukoc, uh, Ron Harper. Like these guys made more money than him, and and you're telling me that I shouldn't have anything to say. Don't get me wrong. I know when Scotty was young, he signed a deal. He had situations going on with his family where he had to be the breadwinner, the one bringing money and, you know, providing for everybody. And, and the owner told him, you know, he tried to talk him out of signing the deal. He tried to talk him out. But Scotty's situation, he couldn't turn that type of money down at that point. Uh-huh. And I could respect that because if you the, if you the one that's supporting everyone, you have to take what money you get. Mm-hmm. But the, the the owner told him now, don't come back and we're not going to redo this contract. He did. But um, we got to a point where that did come up, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing seeing Scotty in that light and that and Scotty was just ups and downs. And the part of him not taking the surgery during the summer. Uh, he was like, he wanted to enjoy summer. You know, I'm <laughs> underpaid. I've been, we done won uh, five championships. I done, I'm, I'm leading categories on this team and I'm underpaid. Shoot, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Some people will look at, it, look at that as being a little selfish. But to me, he wasn't being selfish because if it was anyone else, a Michael Jordan or any one of those guys who were underpaid, they would do the same thing. Right. They wouldn't, I feel like they would put, Look at all the work that they put in, and then if they wouldn't getting paid right, they will have something to say about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't like the part when Mike got on and said what well, Scotty was being selfish. No, Scotty knew his worth. Mm-hmm. I look at it as Scotty knew his worth, and he felt like he should have been compensated for what he was doing on that team. Mm-hmm. Rightly so, you know, because to hear those numbers, those are dreadful numbers. Mm-hmm. To hear all these two point seven million. $2.7 million. You're like one of the lowest play, paid players on that team. And it's horrible, man, to, for Scotty to have to go through that, man. But in this situation, I, I, I stand. Some people may say I'm wrong. He may be selfish. I don't see it that way. I stand by Scotty, man. And I don't, I don't blame Scotty for the way he went by his situation. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, it's, I think it's like a two, it's a two-parter for me. Um, Scotty signed a seven-year, $18 million deal, and he was advised not to take the deal. He was advised not to take that deal, but like Black said, his situation. And this is what business comes into play. It's a cold-hearted world. It's a cold-hearted world when it comes to money and business, man. And Krause and the owner of the Bulls, they, they told him, you know, you take this deal. And the owner tried to tell him, you sure you want to take this deal? Like, you're you going to outwork and outplay this deal, but Scotty needed the money. Because he wanted to take care of his people. But then that just goes to show you, and that's why I'm all for the players, no matter what sport. I'm all for the players taking control. What Kawhi Leonard did, I'm all for that. He didn't want to play for the Spurs, 
And he held down. He told him to trade me. He went to the Raptors. And now he ended up with the Clippers back in L.A. He wanted to be, where he wanted to be. I'm for that. Well, LeBron James won the lead Cleveland and take control of his own destination and go to Miami. And he did what he did down there. I'm all for that. Because these owners and these billion-dollar organizations, they're not going to do what's best for you. They're going to do what's best for them. Mm -hmm. And everybody ain't a Michael Jordan. Yes. Michael Jordan named his price and the Bulls paid him. Exactly. They said, how much, Mike? <laughs> $33 million. Okay, $33 million. How much, Mike, the year before? $30 million. Okay, Mike, $30 million. Michael Jordan's was, dog, the rest of the team combined was not making what Jordan was making. And that's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. That's ridiculous, man. So, Scotty kind of... He kind of signed his own sentence, his death sentence, man, with that deal because he was told, bro, we're not going to re renegotiate. We're not. And then we fast forward to the beginning of the season. Um, he needed to get a, a tendon uh, surgically repaired. Yeah. He opted not to. He enjoyed his summer. He went ahead and got the surgery later during the season, which put him out two to three months. Rotman was hurt at the beginning of the year as well with a back. So that leaves Jordan to go out here. You know, I ain't going to say by himself, but without, you know, his other top two guys and and start the season, which led Mike to saying, you know, Scotty shouldn't have played it like that. He should have went ahead and got the surgery. Mm -mm. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But, you know, with Scotty, man, he was playing Russian roulette, man. He come out and say he wanted to be traded. He come out at the ring ceremony at the beginning of the year, you know, emotional with tears in his eyes because he didn't know which way his career was going to go. And uh, gave the fans, a, you know, thank you for everything if I don't get this chance. And it's unfortunate that a player of, of that magnitude gave so much to that team and so much to that city was put in that type of position and management was just not going to budge. Michael said in the documentary, Michael said Scotty went about it in a way where he tried to force management's hand, but Krause wasn't going for that. Like, Joy said that. And if Jordan's saying it, it got to be facts. It got to be facts if Mike Mike putting it out there like that. So 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 Scotty was put in the position, man, you know, where he eventually got the surgery. He eventually healed up and he eventually played out his uh contract. And the only reason he was able to do that because there was a trade that was going to happen during the NBA draft in the offseason. The Bulls was getting ready to trade Scotty Pippen to Toronto for Tracy McGrady. <laughs> Tracy McGrady was going to be a Chicago Bull coming in on the back half of a five championship run to replace Scotty Pippen. But the owner of the Bulls said, no, nah, we're not doing that. Now, that's not what we're not going to do. Kraus, you ain't doing that. Now, I respect the owner for doing that because that would have been dirty. Yes, it would That would have been dirty to send Scotty Pippen to Toronto at that time where the franchise had no chance of doing anything. I mean, you got Vince Carter up there, but they ain't doing nothing. Mm -mm. They not finna do anything, man. So I'm glad the owner uh, stepped in and put a stop to that trade. And then, you know, like I said, Scotty came back in and finished out the season, and we know how that ended, you know, winning their sixth championship ring. Then he got paid when he went to Houston. You know, he went to Houston, you know, and got paid there. But it was an ugly story, man. It's unfortunate, you know, that Scotty's time in Chicago, if it wasn't for the championships, it was pretty much dreadful, dog. Yeah, it, it wasn't was. a happy experience, man. If it wasn't for the winning and you know being alongside uh, Michael Jordan, man. All right, so we're gonna transition into Jordan defending or not defending Scottie Pippen throughout throughout the whole ordeal. Me and Black kind of had some dialogue about it last night after the show uh, went off TV. And Black, I feel away and you feel away. So I know we're disagreeing here, but how do you feel about Mike? Uh, I guess. I don't want to say handling the Scottie situation, but I guess how he went about it in the media. How you feel about that? Yeah, man, uh, we brothers, man, and mm -hmm. and I, you know, I don't think 
it, you don't have to be blood. You still brothers, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the guy that been riding from you from all the championships. Mm-hmm. Mike, you should want to see him get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like Mike should have been one of the ones. You know, not saying that he's going by it the wrong way. He needs to put the team first. No, Mike. No, you should have came out and said, "Well, they do need to get this right," and you know. Hey Scotty, Scotty's done a lot. You know, it wouldn't be no me if it w- it wouldn't be no me if it wasn't for Scotty. We wouldn't have these championships if it weren't for Scotty. Scotty's the best team, my best all time teammate, Scotty Pippen. Yeah, he's that's the what guy. He said. You know, you said all these things in the doc, but then you turn around and you say, "Well, he's not putting the team first. Scotty was wrong. No, Scotty was not wrong. Scotty, Scotty Pippen handled it the way that he should have handled it. And I understand the whole, you know, they're not going. I understand that, but still, man, this is a business. I'm a player. I've been through. I didn't have injuries, back spasms. You know, he didn't had a bad, a bad back problem against series against Detroit in the, before they went on the championship run where he couldn't barely walk, migraine, headaches. Then you got the tendon that he tore. So he's doing this whole lot and still. Being one of the leaders, the second leader on your team. Yeah. And for your star and for Michael Jordan, the star player of that team, to say he's not putting the team first, that was wrong in my eyes. Okay. Jordan, if it was you, like I said earlier, Jordan, if it was you and you were underpaid, it would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. People would want to know well, why is Michael Jordan underpaid? Mm-hmm. Uh Michael, you wouldn't have stepped foot on that court if you wasn't paid right. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have resigned with the Bulls if you wasn't paid right. But now that you have your money and you you want to put, you know, championships before, you know, getting paid, I understand that you 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 a competitor, but you should have spoke up for your friend, Mr. Scotty Pippen. You should have let the world know that this guy deserves his money. He's been here through the thick, through the, the ups, through the downs, everything. He's been right here with me to go through it all. And you come out and say that he's not putting the team first and he was wrong. For the, he, he was wrong for going about it that way. I don't agree with that. I feel like Mike was wrong for doing that. Scotty, I agree with him 100% in the way he handled everything. You're listening to the sports show. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with Black um, on, on, on Pippen. Um, when you're a professional athlete and you dedicate your life to something, and I understand the circumstances, you know, Scotty, for his own sake, I don't think he did himself no favor not getting the surgery ahead of time. I don't. I don't think he did himself any favors. Like, now you putting yourself in jeopardy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go ahead and get the surgery and take care of you. Take care. If I'm Scott Pippen, I'm taking care of myself. I'm getting my, my body fixed. I'm getting my body healed, man. I'm not going to be playing a game with myself versus the Chicago Bulls. And Jordan, I, I feel you on it, Black. You know, Jordan kind of gave Pippen the ultimate respect in, in that one piece that we saw where he said, look, hey, you're going to have to ask Scotty about that. You're going to have to ask Scotty about that if you want to talk to me about the game, talk to me about the game. I can kind of see what Jordan was doing. He didn't want to He didn't want to get in there and say something that would be taken the wrong way, and now it's going to put Jordan in the same light as Krause and everybody else with the Chicago Bulls front office. That's what I saw that he was doing. He just He didn't want to get in the mess. But I do feel you, it wouldn't have been nothing wrong with Mike saying, hey, man, you know, Scotty's a hell of a player, one of my best friends or however their relationship was at the time. Scotty deserves to get paid. He deserves to get his money, and I'm sure he'll get it. You know, it wasn't nothing wrong with saying that, but we know how Mike was. Mike <laughs> was not 
confrontational towards others in the media, especially his teammates. Now, he'll talk trash about Kraus. He'll talk trash about whoever, but he wasn't going to do that with his teammates. So, Mike just... I think Mike was staying out the way, bro. Like, he didn't want to get his hands dirty in another man's business. I can respect that. But at the same time, I think Scotty not getting the surgery, I think he only hurt himself. Like, you was already had a bad relationship with front with, you already had a bad relationship with the front office. So they know you could have got the surgery three months in advance. You didn't do that because you thought you was going to be teaching them a lesson. Well, you didn't. Ultimately, you end up hurting yourself. You cost yourself three months of the season. You cost your brothers in the locker room, you know, your assistants and everything y'all been doing together. Like, you cost them that. You know, and I can imagine how it is being in the locker room in the NBA. When you got these 12 guys, you're a band of brothers. Like, we do everything together. We with each other more than we are our own families. And you want to know if your brother is riding or dying for you when it comes to the sport. And I can see, you know, that part of it as well. I just think all of all, the whole thing was unfortunate. It shouldn't have went down that way. Yeah. It shouldn't have went down that way. But I do feel what you're saying. But at the same time, I think Scotty kind of hurt himself. By not getting that surgery. Yeah, because okay. you, you need to take care of you, dog. Like, yeah. that's what I would have did. Scotty said he was out here having fun. And man. I feel him on that. <laughs> I feel him on that. Like, bro, like, I'm me. I'm getting my surgery. I'm going to go ahead and rehab. But then, you know, if I don't get my money, I mean, I might hold out. You know, or something like that. So you would have respected more if he got the surgery. Yeah, take care of yourself. And then yeah. I'm holding out. Take care of yourself, bro. Okay. That, that, that's okay. my stand, bro. Don't you're not hurting the bulls. You only hurting yourself by not getting your your, your ruptured uh, tendon not taken care of. Okay. But I feel what you're saying, though. I feel so. It's not a disagreement with you. It's just like this is the other side of it. You know that I seen. All right, man. So we're going to transition into man Michael Jordan just being. A relentless savage, a <laughs> relentless uh, animal, and we saw little bits and pieces last night. Little bits and pieces last night of how relentless of of, of a warrior, a, a leader um, that Jordan was, man. So, Black, talk to me about the sneak because we didn't get it all. We just got a sneak peek of how vicious Mike was, man. My my favorite part was uh, comes from Boston. The Boston series when they make the playoffs. Game one, he drops 49. I mean, he goes wild. Yep. At least we thought that was wild before we, we seen was. game yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. But uh Mike is highly competitive. You know, Mike, we know Mike highly competitive. He has a lot of friends and he wouldn't play golf with Danny Ainge. Yep. So and I guess Danny Ainge roped him up something nice. You know, probably took about a 20 piece off of him, about 20 trash. grand. You know, and was too. talking trash to yeah. him. So I guess after they got through playing, Danny Ainge went on, uh, left a little early. So Mike sends a message through one, one of Danny's friends. He was like, hey, man, tell your man DJ that uh, he's going to get it tonight. I got some fun. And lo and behold. Yeah, man. We seen greatness. Yep. We seen, what, what did uh, Larry Bird say? We seen... We Jesus seen, like in tennis shoes or seen, Michael, jo- Michael Jordan's body. We seen body. God as disguised as Michael Jordan in tennis shoes. 63 points, man. Mm-hmm. This man dropped in game two. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so crazy to me, man. It was in a losing effort. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to see how Mike can just take over games, man, and get, his, get, get whatever he want anytime. They throw every... They, they throw the whole starting five and the bench at Mike. Everybody. Everybody and nobody got could do nothing. Everybody got some. They went, he went, he went against a defensive player in the year, and um, I can't remember my guy's name, man. He, uh, Mikhail. Not Mikhail. Ainge. Uh, 
um, not Ainge, but the the black guy. Oh, uh, 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 I can't think. Paris Johnson, yeah, yeah, well, one of the one Paris, but the the the, yeah, I know you're talking the point the, the guard, guard. Yeah. yeah, the guard. I can't think Johnson, his name. Dennis Johnson, Johnson. Dennis Johnson, yeah. one of the best defenders in the league at that time. Yeah, and cooked him. Yeah, cooked him good. You know, Mike is highly competitive. Everything he in everything he does. If he's playing golf, if he's playing pickup game, if he's on the court, don't matter. It don't matter where he at, and then. We didn't just see it in him being a pro with the Bulls. We seen it at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take it back a little bit. James Worthy said, "Yeah, I was on the court with this kid. He was I was better better than him for about two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. He was like uh, Mike style bodying me. You know, shooting me the bowls, backing me down. Yeah. Like this kid is competitive in everything he did, and that's just something that didn't happen in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That goes roots all the way back to him being a child. Yeah. You know, with him and his brother, like that competitive nature, being a savage, and we're not gonna take no for an answer. That's one thing that I respect about Mike. I'm not going to be denied. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna settle. I'm gonna do what I want to do. Yeah. You know, and to see Mike in that light, man, is just so amazing to see, man. And I respect it so much. Yeah, uh, my favorite part of him, uh, they was having a tough uh, start to the season, and they was on the road, I guess, against the, I think it was against the Clippers. And they was in the huddle, and they was doing their little thing, and Mike said, all right, man, let's get it together, man. I ain't going to say it again. You know, you in a group of grown men. These are all grown men in this huddle. <laughs> and he said, hey, let's come out of here with a win. I ain't going to say it no more. And I'm like, okay. Okay, ain't nobody say nothing, huh? Ain't nobody say nothing. Then he was sitting on the bench. I guess it was a newcomer to the team. I don't even know dog name. When it was over there in France and they won a little tournament. Yeah. And Mike's sitting there with his arms folded. He all excited. He all get it. They don't want a tournament. And uh, Ron Harper was telling him, bro, this ain't nothing, bro. Like, this ain't nothing. And he got a hug from Harper. He's like, Mike, can I have a hug? And Mike kind of looked down like, bro, if you don't get out my face... (laughs) Bro, this ain't nothing, bro. Like, bro, we this this for play, play, bro. And we and we and we and we, and we, and we just kind of seen him picking on Jerry Krause in practice. Say, hey, Krause, you gonna go out there and do the layups with us, man? They got to make the rim shorter. You know, like Mike said. You know what I'm saying? Like he was just really into it. And uh, the Danny Ainge story was funny, you know, because he he hit him up and said, "Hey, tell your boy DJ, I got something for him tomorrow." <laughs> And came down and dropped a 63 brick house on my man and the rest of the team, too, it man. Was, it was so funny to see. And uh, Danny A said, man, I couldn't do nothing but smile. He yeah. was like, uh, he was like, Bill Walton was cursing me out. Pissed. He called me every name in a book because yeah. I just couldn't believe, you know, he what he told me he was yeah. going to do. And he he really it. doing it. He did it. I mean, cooking everybody, <laughs> yeah. man. And then it was it was, it was just it was just good to see some of Mike's leadership. Um, you know, in, in, in the way that he did, and I know we're gonna see a, a whole lot more, but it just really showed us a little bit of how um relentless Mike was, and, man. And you want to know something else, and 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 it made me think, it it made me it took me back to, you know, one of our favorite players. It took me back to Kobe Bryant, man, mm-hmm. and seeing him in that light when Scotty was out, Dennis was out. And Mike was like, I feel like I had to just amp this thing up mm-hmm. in practice. Mike just, Hop, what the hell you doing down there, man? Oh, Come yeah, on, what yeah. the hell are you doing? And it took me back straight to Kobe. I was like, we seen this Kobe. We like, did. It's the same exact thing yeah. we seen. Yeah. We see this. We seen this in Kobe. Kobe seen that in Mike. Yeah. And he was doing the same things Mike was doing. Yeah. 
Mike, you know, Kobe used to be, boy, get out of here, man. We, in yeah. practice, his teammates, man, y'all ain't yeah. y'all ain't doing nothing, y'all. What the hell are y'all doing? Yeah. And Mike was doing that in practice. He was like, Steve Kerr, get your ass together. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Y'all come on, amp this thing up, man. Yeah. Let's let's go. Like y'all out here playing. And then Bill Walton said it, Bill Winnington said it per- perfectly. Mike was like, if you don't want to get on board, get the hell out. See ya. See ya. You yep. can be replaced. Yep. If you don't like the way I talk, oh damn well. Yep. I, I don't care what you're saying, bro. Y'all going to either get on this ship or y'all can get up out of here. And it was so great to see that because those are those are things that we got to see in Kobe as well. Yep. You know, Kobe yep. took that took on that type of mentality as well. Yep. When it came to winning and taking on that leadership or not, I'm not going to be denied. I'm yeah. going to, I'm, I'm, we saw that same savage that Jordan had. Kobe was able to apply that to him mm-hmm. when he was playing basketball as well. Yeah, I, I, and I know exactly what footage you're talking about uh, uh, that was out there about Kobe, you know, being tough on his teammates. Especially when, uh, the part when, uh, I forgot all about that until you mentioned it. Especially when Jordan was yelling at Cool Coach about the double team. <laughs> and, and, and Cool Coach was trying to say something to Mike, and Mike was like, Why? <laughs> Why? Like Mike was just like looking at him like, no, yeah. move. if you move and go this way, the double team will leave you. <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more of that. His yeah. style of leadership yeah. and how he was with the guys because you knew the ultimate goal that they were going for. They were going for championships. Mm-hmm. And when they got them, you saw how elated and how rejoiceful they were, of course, by accomplishing a feat that high. Uh, but we're going to call Fred here in a second. Before we do that, we're just going to kind of talk a little bit about next week, man. Now, with the previews of episodes three and four, it looks like, we could be wrong, but it looks like we're going to get more of an uh, introduction of Rodman's role with that team. And we're also going to get, and which I can't wait for, <laughs> I cannot wait for this in-depth breakdown of the hated mo. Hated venomous, venomous rivalry with the Detroit Pistons. Now I have my thoughts <laughs> on that whole rivalry with the Bulls and the Pistons, but I'm going to save those until we actually see this footage. But I am excited to hear from Isaiah, from Michael, who hated each other, hated each other. For all of you who don't, all of you who don't know, Michael Jordan told P.J. Carlissimo that if Isaiah Thomas is on Team USA, I'm not playing. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm not playing. And as a result of that, one of the best point guards in the league was replaced by John Stockton. (laughs) And John Stockton was a great. But he was. was replaced. Isaiah Thomas got replaced by John Stockton just so Michael Jordan could stay happy and be with the, uh, Olympic team. And what did that cause, Black? A lot of people don't know this either. That caused a riff and a breakdown of Isaiah Thomas' relationship with Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas were close. As His you friends. know, as you know, when they played each other, they kissed each other on the cheek uh, at half court before they played games. And their relationship was severed, severed for years after that because Isaiah felt like Magic took a stand with Michael over him. Isaiah felt like if Magic would have said something, he would have been on that team. Yeah. And uh, just, 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 to, just to give you a little bit just more insight. Just a little insight, preview of a what? Right. <laughs> just give you a little insight, man. But yeah, but back, back, back to it. So we'll see. Episodes three and four are, are next week of The Last Dance, man. And, and, and uh, 
hopefully we do get more Robin. Hopefully we do get more of this Detroit thing. I know we're gonna get other stories as well. But we we are we are just excited, man. We we are just really, really, really happy. Uh, that we have all of this information, man, all of this great TV. We've never seen Michael Jordan this vulnerable. we never seen him in a setting like this. And, bro, we literally get this for five weeks. We haven't seen Scottie Pippen sit down. We haven't seen really Phil sit down like this. Like, a lot of people are telling stories that we don't know yeah. about. And it's so exciting, man. It's so exciting. So, uh, we're going to call Freddie Bricks in here to get his expert analysis on what he seen uh, last night uh, with the last dance, man. So I'm calling in Freddie Bricks right now, and uh, hopefully we can get him in. And he picks up the phone. You never know what Fred got going on. What's up, bro? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is this Freddie Bricks? Yes, yes, yes. Bricks, do not Fine. say any do not say anything incriminating. You are live <laughs> on the Reduce Lunch Action Sports News Desk. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Fred, what's Black, up, what man? Up? What's good, Black? All right. All right, man. Y'all so Fred. Am I am I coming through clear? Yeah, yeah, you good. You good. Okay. All right, Fred, man. So me and Black just spent the last hour and 10 minutes breaking down the first two episodes of The Last Dance. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we bringing you in um, to kind of wrap us up, man. We want we want to hear all your thoughts. We want to hear all your opinions on what you thought about mm-hmm. what you've seen last night. And before you go, I just want to kind of set the tone. So I'm 35 okay. years old. Fred is uh, mm-hmm. four years younger than me, five, four or five years mm-hmm. younger than me. So his memory is kind of foggy on Michael Jordan. He says that all the time. Like he doesn't remember a lot. So this is this documentary is something that Fred has been looking to. So Fred, I want to shoot it to you, man. It was so much that took place mm-hmm. last night on the documentary. Just give us your overall feelings, man, of what you seen last night with the last mm-hmm. dance, man. Uh well first of all, not to sound blasphemous in any way. Uh oh. But Michael Jordan to me is a a mythical creature almost Jesus like. You know, like in the Bible, we leave off on Jesus when he's like 12 years old and he reappears in the desert like maybe at 20 or something, right? Uh. So getting this documentary is like watching Jesus' teenage years. And you're saying like, well, for me, because I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't get to understand it while it was going on. Okay. So in my opinion, they created the series 30 for 34, Michael Jordan. Okay. I feel like this whole thing was to lead up to this documentary they're having. Because we... Right. Think about how many of these we've had. We've had the Bad Boy Pistons, which was great. He had the uh, the Pacers one, mm-hmm. which was great. Like all these things were just great. But like we've all been waiting on this Michael Jordan one. So that's Facts. what I think about this. I'm finally getting it done. Uh-huh. And, and my thoughts um, on Michael. Um, it, it's great to see just the humanization of Michael Jordan. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, to really get to see us like, how he grew up. You know, him even being a part of fraternities and. You know, just a regular black kid, you know what I'm saying, going through college and to, you know, see how this great, you know, this naturally gifted player just grew up was great. And what I will say is nobody would be like Mike, and I'm going to tell you why. Nobody would ever be naturally perfect like Mike was. You know, like uh, if all of the players that come in game, look at a Steph Curry or you look at, even look at the way they shoot, their forms are so perfect. Yeah. Like everything is so clean cut. Everything is taught. 
It's like Michael Jordan just came out of the wound and God double jointed him in every bone, <laughs> made his hands extra large. I mean, he walked cool. He looked cool. Yeah. He was, I mean, a dark skinned superstar. <laughs> I mean, who was the first dark skinned, dark skinned ball superstar? Like, he broke so many molds for me as a kid, you know, just being yeah. a dark young person. Yeah, I know dark is cool now, but it wasn't back in the 90s. It was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and Mike made that cool, you know what I'm saying? And nobody ever naturally moved how Mike did. Nobody could stop him. you just looking at it. Um, and, and, it and then the bigger picture, because I, I try to stay away from the LeBron James or even Kobe, so I just kind of want to celebrate Mike, you know, during this time. But ultimately, mm-hmm. in the context of those three, I think we have people that change the game. And you got you can only put Mike Allen Iverson and um, Larry Bird and Magic in that conversation. Maybe Dr. J, but that was before my time. Even okay. Magic and Larry, what we all know about Magic and Larry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. for my time, I look at those guys and they changed the whole culture of basketball. Okay. And somebody like a LeBron James changed the in- infrastructure of basketball. Okay. Like the whole way the system works. You know what I'm saying? But when I look at Mike, man, it's just what. Who you couldn't even win with a shooting guard when he came in? He mm-hmm. seemed like the first great guard ever. Yeah, <laughs> and I know it was great guards before him. Don't get me wrong; it was yeah. the Hall of Fame guards before Michael Jordan. But when he came into the league, the shooting guard was the position. Yeah, he Matt came in the league at seven foot eight, one, shooting the ball because Michael Jordan existed. You understand? They would have T Mac in the post. You know, trying to post people up. Like, you know, he really changed the game. Yeah. You even see somebody like Kobe. And it, it makes me appreciate Kobe even more because Kobe is the only person who embodied mm-hmm. that Michael Jordan spirit. The only one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was watching something else where it was all these players thinking Michael Jordan was a god and they got to Kobe. He was like, yeah, they called him the Black Deuce. And I call that nigga Mike. Right. You know what I'm I call right. him Michael. We get on the court. I can't wait to play Mike. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I saw that too. So it was great. It was great. Like, just the way he moves in the air. When do we, when, name me another player. I can't. <laughs> as much as we love the way uh, Vince Carter dunks the ball with aggression and he's doing all these three things, uh-huh. name somebody who just does what Mike did in the air. Like he's so You know you what can't. I mean? You can't. <laughs> yeah. But he, he's a beautiful basketball player, man. It's, 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 it's beautiful. To, this, this documentary has been so, so beautiful to watch because you will never have a starting five you know, like this, I won't even take it all the way to five, but to have Mike Scotty and you see Rodman, just that era, bro. Like, yeah, man. It, it, it made it created basketball. You know, it's everything we are now because of these fucking bulls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying Good. it. I know y'all watching. Y'all, I, I can't wait to hear y'all on this back to y'all. Things, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, me as a kid being like 10, eight years, seven, eight years old yep. in the 98 season. Yep. I'm enjoying watching this stuff, man. Good, man. Hey, man, you 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 know you 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 said something there too, man. I want to kind of spin it back to that, man. You say it's only a certain few mm-hmm. guys who uh changed the culture of basketball, Magic, Larry, mm-hmm. uh Michael, um and Larry, Magic, Larry and Michael. But then you got a guy like LeBron James who changed the infrastructure of basketball, how to do business, right. and how to carry yourself and and get things that you want yeah. in basketball. But I right. think when you look at it at the end of the day, Fred, I want you to elaborate just a little bit more on that. When it's all said mm-hmm. and done, when we're down to our final days, man, hopefully we live a long, long life. When you look back at Michael Jordan and you see the aura, just the aura of Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. can you speak on yeah. how loud and bright that aura is? Like, just to the culture, man, just to me, you, Black, mm-hmm. just people who around the world, just on Michael Jordan's aura alone, man, can you speak on what you mm-hmm. see with his aura? 
Well, I think in a way, I won't say he created aura because I think Magic Johnson had a lot with creating just the aura. And like I said, like I know the Iceman and them boys back in the day, I know they had their furs. Don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. I'm just speaking on the time with like television and yeah. like we all got to, it changed the culture and not just around them. Magic was in LA. He was around the stars. We really had nothing to do with that. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. We were never going to be with Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson, Prince, and Michael. You know what I'm saying? Walking through the tunnel. <laughs> we, we never seen that for ourselves. But to look at Michael, just see even him with the gold chains. I was watching yesterday and I was like, if you watch Michael's whole career, you would think somebody scripted it. Yeah. This nigga has really had the like a movie. perfect. I mean, it's, it's like a movie. It's yeah. nuts. All right, let me win this national championship. All the last shot. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Right quick. Yep. You know, then let me go to the league. And my third game in the league, I figured it out. It's, yeah. I'm the best player in the NBA. <laughs> my third game in the league as a rookie. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just, you know, it's, he was so ahead of his time. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, that the aura, I mean, it's, it's, you see it now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You see it. I can't wait to see the numbers back on this thing, man. Oh, man. Like, you see, you see it now. I, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm getting a kick out of seeing old, old niggas, quote unquote, <laughs> you know, who always hating on everything. Young people. Like, this is they shine them both. Oh, yeah, yeah. man. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just on Twitter. You, I'm not getting close to things this week, man. It's, yeah. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. But, um. I see what people are talking about. You know what I'm saying? And I and I give it to and I give it I give it to, it's funny just watching this, it makes me even understand the aura of even somebody like a Kobe Bryant even more. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And I do understand. I don't know if LeBron has that aura because I'm such a fan. And uh-huh. maybe because of the times that we're in, he's so accessible. Yeah. But I will say it was just that mic shit was just it, it was something it was something different, man. It was crazy. Like, it, it was different. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. Okay, man. Yeah, man. Hey, so so one last thing on, on the documentary, man. Fred, give us your, what was your highlight of the night? What was your highlight out of both episodes? What stood out to you the most um, as far as like just the career of Jordan, his path um, that they mm-hmm. kind of showed us in those first two episodes? What stood out to you the most, man, on those first two episodes? Uh, with just them humanizing him. Like okay. actually showing him when Scottie Pippen went out for those couple of games, with them games in 97, they couldn't buy a win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes when we talk about Michael Jordan, like, we talk as if, you know, it don't matter who was on the court. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the, the Bullets winning. Don't get me wrong. I really feel like any given night, like, if you just had one game, I'm picking Michael. You know what I'm saying? But uh-huh. it, we, we get to, we now get to put his career actually against Kobe's and against Michael's with the downfall. We've never yeah. been able to see this stuff. That's a like, great oh, point. nigga, this was. Nine seven Jordan, then yep. you know what I'm saying. You miss somebody as great as Scotty, and, and realize that Scotty may have been the best. I've seen um, Dennis Rodman saying he was the best player in the league, and they pulled out the numbers. And I'm <laughs> like, you, I mean, how can you argue this? Yeah, you know. So I think I think seeing Scotty Pippen's value was something I I really enjoyed because yeah. <laughs> he's gonna get his just due out of this. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. I hate that we st- I hate that we just say he's a top fifty player of all time. He is. No. <laughs> we can, of course, he, of course he fucking is. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can have conversations because he's a top 50 player. Mm-hmm. You know, he stood by Mike. I get it, but Mike, but Scotty Pippen is not fucked with. You know, his Facts. legacy is to be respected. Facts. You know? Okay. Yeah, we agree. We we spent a good little bit uh, talking about Scotty, man, and, and we're going to look forward to seeing how his, his story rolls out, man. So, I know one mm-hmm. thing we talked about before, Fred, we're just moving forward to next week, and we kind of got a good idea what they're going to be talking about. They're going to be introducing Dennis Rodman's role to that 97-98 oh, Bulls man. team. But more importantly, 
more importantly, we started to see a little glimpse of Jordan's back and forth with the Detroit Pistons. Now, we don't know exactly what's going to roll out, and we'll save our, our thoughts for next week. But what do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think we're going to see as referring to Jordan and the Bulls versus the Pistons? And I ain't talking about the Pistons who they beat, who was old and already broken down. I'm talking about the mm-hmm. prime Pistons. What you think we're going to see uh, next week? Um, I think that I think we're just going to see him humanize a little more. Uh-huh. We're going to see him overcome things. Uh, we've had to see we've had to see Kobe deal with that horrible trial shit. Yep. Come put eighty on niggas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we had to see him get over that shit. Come back and win two more championships. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And we know Jordan's been through all, a lot of shit. You yep. know what I'm saying? We know this, but we just breeze over it. Yep. As if he's God, and I just think his legacy will be so much better. Niggas realize, oh, this nigga had a problem in the Detroit. Yeah. That man had a real problem <laughs> with the bad boys. One of the greatest teams assembled ever of Facts. all time. Facts. One of my back back to back champions. Yep. Should have been three times. Should have been when he got cheated <laughs> yep. by Magic Johnson and Showtime Lakers <laughs> back in '79 <laughs> or whatever. whatever he is. <laughs> you. <laughs> I think we really gonna. I can't wait. I love these are the parts I love. I'm going to love doing more seeing him struggle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only reason we love Brian. Like, that's the Brian just ripped off five straight in my head. Yep. And then went to Cleveland and ripped off three straight. Yep. And then went back to back with the Lakers. What would the story be? Yep. Where would the you earn this be? That's what we hold against KD. We, where, where's your moment to where if you were down, everything the chips were down, this man Jordan went into the offseason to put on muscle. That means something. Yep. You know, even though he couldn't get past the prime, prime bad boy, he still had to get past the man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If yep. he wouldn't have had that offseason he had, it's no telling where that series would have went. You know what I mean? Yep. So I'm enjoying seeing Jordan have to overcome something yep. that, you know, people swear he's never had to overcome anything yep. in his life. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you, man. Well said, man. Well said on that, Fred. I mean, you you gave a lot of great points, man. Just um, you seeing a lot of things for the first time. Of course, you know who Michael Jordan is and all that. Of course you do. But you broke it down in a great way for people, how people should look at this documentary. You should be able to look at Jordan and humanize him, see his falls, see how he yeah. got it through the mud, how he got it from the muscle to become this great player. You see what I'm saying? Right. So that that, right. that was some... A great take on that, Fred. We appreciate that. Right. Hey, Fred, you know what time it is, yes. don't you? Yes. <laughs> so, so let me. So, so let's just go ahead and get into it, man. So let me let me set up our list, man. This Thursday night, this Thursday night is the NFL, the 2020 NFL Draft. And if you was listening uh, last week to the the uh, the reduced lunch action sports news desk mock draft. <laughs> We had a lot of fun there. We had the great Freddie Bricks on as well. But Fred, man, the Jaguars are in the news again for all the wrong reasons, Fred. Now, we supposed to be getting ready for the draft, correct? Yes. Obviously, we yes. not. Yes. Obviously, we not getting ready for the draft. So, Fred... I'm going to set you up, man. I'm going to let you just go ahead and get off, man. I know you got a lot of things on your chest with Ngakwe versus Tony Khan, Leonard Fournette on the trade block, Marcus Lee getting cut, and there ain't no signs of who the hell the Jaguars going to take at 9 and 20. <laughs> so, Fred, talk to me, dog. What you got going on with the Jaguars coming this draft, man? 
Okay, okay. So first of all, with the Jags, like I want to give my like unsolic- my first thoughts when I seen this um Ngakwe thing, and thinking I'm and maybe my head will cool. You know what I'm saying within time, but these are just the first thoughts I had come to my thing. And first of all, I want to read this tweet by uh, ESPN Duraco. Uh Jaguars draft week stat of the day. The Jags are picking in the top 10 for the 12th time in the last 13 seasons. Mm. Since the team's inception in 1995, the Jaguars have had more top 10 picks, 18, than any other organization. Arizona is second with 15. Mm. Okay, so with that being said, I don't know. I love the AEW just like everybody else loves the AEW, but I think Tony Khan needs to give whatever duties he has to the Jaguars. I think Sean Khan needs to give whatever decision-making he has to the Jaguars. He needs to hand it over to somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing. Because Yannick Ngakwe should not still be on the Jaguars. There's something called reputation, and that's something the Jaguars are losing rapidly right now. You're talking about, oh, let's go draft Jerry Judy. What the fuck do you think is going to happen in two to three years? The same thing that's happening with Leonard Fournette. When mm-hmm. NFL players, they chat and they talk to each other. Nobody wants to play for the Jaguars. So, Jag fans, this is not me coming at the Jaguars. I'm talking about the reputation of the Jaguars. Yannick Ngakwe has led the league in sacks for like the last 10 years. And we are sitting up here at arguing with this man about finding a trade partner. Get him the fuck out of here. Even if you for a fifth-round pick, cut your losses. You don't cut losses in all these other areas. You gave up the best defensive back of all time before he even reached his damn prime. You understand? Like, you're already done fucked up a whole playoff team. We definitely had the, the brink of the Super Bowl mm. two fucking years ago. Oof. Like, cut the cards. What are you waiting on? Play Fournette. Like, if Fournette's comments on Minshew is how we got to this point. Mm-hmm. Like, we really got all the way here because he went and did an interview. What is this organization doing and who's running it? Mm. You care about how Minshew feels? <laughs> really? That's why we're trading 25-year-old Fournette? We're not trading him because we're going to tank for Trevor. You're trading him so you can get better for Minshew because you think that is your future? Just alone? Tom Conwell, whatever the fuck your name is. And this is one thing I'm tired of from Jag fans. Stop giving me an excuse for everything. Oh, now we, Leonard Fournette, you know, Marone didn't really want Fournette. That was Tom Conwell. Every time the Jack fuck up, you niggas got enough excuse. Well, give me an excuse for the last 10 years. For the last 10 years, the Jags have been picking in the top 10. This will be for the, well, since the 95. You've been picking in the top 10, 18 top 10 picks, and none of them have been worth a damn. We think that was just worth a damn. Guess what? They playing in Los Angeles. You understand me? One playing in Atlanta. One is on their way out. Calais Campbell is up with the Ravens. What yep. the fuck are y'all doing? You draft Jerry Judy, then what? What are you going to do? What is the next step? You gonna take Dark Mitchell and Darius Rudd and take over the AFC South? <laughs> you understand me? Like, what are you doing? You Ooh. got the bus down here with Tom Brady. You, <laughs> you got the double down here finna get schooled. You got Atlanta. Who doesn't have a quarterback except the fucking Jaguars? <laughs> the Jaguars are the only NFL team without a quarterback. Everybody has a quarterback. You're <laughs> the only team without a quarterback. Name me one team without a quarterback. You're <laughs> the only team without one. We have a top 10 pick. And you think I'm pick Jerry Judy to go up with men's shoes. Ooh. Stop it. Stop. Ooh. Stop. They need okay. To get, whatever they need to do, hand it over. Tony Khan. Go focus on wrestling, bro. Please. Okay. I'm begging you, let the dad go. We okay. are tired.
Oh man. What was the what was the question? What was the question? <laughs> hey, it don't matter. It don't matter, Fred. It, it don't matter. don't matter, bro. It don't matter, Fred. <laughs> I, I mean, this is exactly what we needed here perfect. at Sports Desk. This is perfect. We needed we needed a diehard fan to pour their heart out. And that's exactly what you just did. So never mind the question, Fred. It does not matter. You poured your heart out as a diehard Jacksonville Jaguar alum, and you've made your notes and your sentiments known, man. And 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 cause I, I I my heart goes out to you, dog. I I, I just man. don't like to hear you like this, man. It, 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 this year has to stop. It definitely has to stop, bro. You've been knowing for two years that Yannick was gonna be traded. What are you? You're rating for the right pick? Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Every nope. NFL team knows that these players are not going to cooperate. Nah. You're not going to find a trade partner. You're not going to find a decent one because your reputation ain't good. They know you're trying to get Giannis out of the building. They know eventually you might just have to release him like you did Marquise Lee because yeah. your reputation is so damn bad. Yep. You can't get nothing for Marquise Lee. Nothing. You can't even get a, a practice player for him. No yep. transactions. You, you, you felt great cutting your losses down. He's fully healthy. Yep. So what you're going to draft for Jerry Judy? Like, what are you really doing? And, you understand? And, like, what are you really doing? And here's the thing, man. Like, here's the thing. Like, this is not a good sign going into the draft. Like, it's the not. draft is two days away, bro. Like, <laughs> bro. this isn't a good sign. Like, Lena Fournette and Inyana Ngakwe, like you said, they should be traded. They should not be on the team right now. Yeah. They should be in yeah. other destinations, and the Jaguars should be reshuffling <laughs> their draft stance. Yes, they should. Like, the Jaguars yeah. already have 12 picks, Black. They do. So why don't they have 14? Yeah. 15. Why don't they have it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's, 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 it's sad, man, like that we're dealing with this. Like you say, before the, before the draft, like, but. Two days away. You know, I'm going to get off what I got to get off as okay. well. I know it's not going to be like my boy Fred, but All right. it's, so. it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and we, we, we wasting precious time and precious yeah. years. Like, this is supposed to be the suck year for Trevor Lawrence. This is the Trevor Lawrence year. It's here. supposed to be. This is what it's supposed to be. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, what is your future? Tony Khan, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> All right. So, so Fred, yeah. man, you know, we're going to get you out of here, man. But do you have any, any last thoughts? about the Jacksonville Jaguars going into the 2020 NFL Draft this Thursday at 7 p.m. on ESPN and ABC? Um, I mean, I, I wish I could come up with good thoughts. Like, I, I was actually positive before this very last um, news with Yannick had broke out today. And, you know, I was just, I don't know, man. Like, they, I, I, it's just, I don't understand how any fan can look at what's going on and agree with this shit, man. Like, yeah. if you're a fan out there that you just agree, you're not a football fan. You you just like going out to tailgate it all tail. Every, every Sunday, that's what you are. You are yeah. not a football fan. Yeah. You are a live event fan. You are somebody who likes going to the stadium and getting drunk. You are not invested in the game of football. <laughs> the art of football. Yeah. Whoever running the fucking team, they are invested. Yeah. The Patriots are invested. Yeah. With, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, them niggas change coaches every two years. Them <laughs> niggas is invested. They trying to get it right. Yeah. Everybody around us seems like, every fan base seems like they're invested in the art and in the game of football except for Jacksonville Jaguar fans. Yeah. As long as the stadium doors are open, as long as they can go into the flood zone, as long as they can go up <laughs> as long as they can get their Michelob, you know, and watch the Titans <laughs> 38-3 to Derrick Henry and the Titans on Thursday. 
Yep. You understand me? We object by saying y'all niggas are some bitten people. Dude, Vegas is not stupid. Vegas looked at your roster as put together right now Whew. and said you don't have a chance in any of the games you play, and we're willing to put millions of dollars. <laughs> millions. <laughs> so, Jack, can you disagree with what I'm saying? Put millions of dollars on it if you take it. And wow. I do the same. Put the money on it. Wow. Put the money on it. And wow. I put mine on it. And we'll see what the fuck happens at the end of the year. Woo! Trevor Lawrence hopefully is announced the first overall pick. To the fucking Jacksonville <laughs> Woo! Well, like my God. Well, uh, <laughs> that was the illustrious, highly respected Freddie Bricks <laughs> calling in to the sports desk one more time, giving us his unfiltered, unapologetic thoughts about the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> and Fred, you, my friend, have not disappointed us one time. Not at all. <laughs> and we greatly appreciate you spending a few minutes with your boys talking a little of sports, man. So we appreciate you calling in, Fred. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, man, we'll talk to you a little bit later, man. All right. All right. All right, fellas. All right, man. Be easy. Yo. Yep. Yo. Woo. All right, man. So, yeah. 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 So that was Freddie Bricks, man, taking a a good chunk of the show. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Letting us know about his Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Black Man, let me get you in here, man. Draft day. Draft day. Thursday, 7 o'clock ESPN. A lot of things that went down with the team. We've we've talked Tony Conan and Gakwe. We've talked why Gakwe is is, is, is still on. Why is he still on the team? But I got two questions for you, Black. We want to talk about Leonard Fournette, and we want to talk about the Jags draft picks. Now, last week on the mock draft, you know, you gave, um, I think you gave a divisive tackle mm-hmm. at number nine, I believe, for the Jaguars. And then uh, at number 20, I believe you went, did you go quarterback or did you go? Oh, I can't remember why. I, I think you went safety. I, I think you went safety, the kid out of LSU. No, no, no! I said that for for the Cowboys. Okay. Actually, I didn't. I didn't say the twentieth uh, pick. Oh, I, I did. You I did. gave the twenty pick with Jordan yeah, yeah, Love. You did. All right, so let's kind of back up. Let's start with Leonard Fournette. Let's start with Leonard Fournette. Will Leonard Fournette be a Jaguar uh, by the time the first round of the draft is over, Black? Um, if I have to base it on what's going on right now, D, I would have to say yes. He was. He would still be a jaguar. He would still be a jaguar wow. because it looks like. Uh, look at the way we handing uh, in Dockway. Yeah. You know, it's nothing showing me that he won't be. It's nothing showing <laughs> me that he won't be because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ride this train and having Dockway still on his team so he can hold out and do all these stuff and until you have to cut him then once he hold out. Why don't y'all just shop these damn guys off? Yeah. You know, I'm not understanding it, but I feel like he will be a Jaguar come draft day. Mm-hmm. I would do backflips if, if if he's traded during the draft. Yeah, I would be yeah. totally happy. Yeah. You know, maybe there are, for, for some reason, maybe the Jaguars are just waiting for draft day to come around. And I know this is not true, but I, I just, hike, I'm, I'm thinking, trying to think the best way I can think with the Jaguars right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I could 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 it be they want to wait to draft day to get rid of Fournette and Ndokwe mm-hmm. to 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 you know those those some little curveballs in the draft this year mm-hmm. we've seen it before when players got dra- got traded during the draft mm-hmm. is that what the Jaguars <clears throat> doing I think not mm-hmm. but if it happened I would be 
so happy and elated that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. But from what I see now, no, I have to say he will be on this team. Yeah, I mean, why isn't Gakwe still in Jacksonville? Why isn't Gakwe going toe-to-toe, round-for-round with Tony Khan on Twitter? This man has been telling y'all for the last year. He told y'all about his actions at the end of this season. Dog, I want out. I don't want to be here. Get me out of here, dog. I don't want to play for your team. Now, we heard all the scenarios out there. Seattle wanting to talk to Jacksonville about him. The Bears wanting to talk to Jacksonville about him. What what we got? Tampa Bay wanted Like, we ain't heard nothing. And, and, and he's still on your roster. I know you want a first-round pick for him, but is it is an early second-round pick not just as good? <laughs> it's not just as good to add on to your draft picks? I'm not understanding. And then you throw in Fournette. Okay, the only reason we're hearing Fournette on the trade block is because he recruited Cam Newton to come to Jacksonville and kind of dismiss Minshew. So they want to, you know, they want to salvage Minshew's feelings. And now you want to trade Fournette? How are you? How are you? Uh, 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 trying to accommodate Gardner Minshew? What he? What has he done to get accommodations? <laughs> what has he done to this provide any? Like I don't, I don't understand that. Like it's, 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 it's like here we go again. <laughs> the Jaguars being another laughing stock, another year. We just heard the the heartfelt, emotional outburst from Freddie Bricks. This is a loyal fan, day one fan. This man is bleeding on the inside. <laughs> this man has inter- internal injuries, crying <laughs> for the Jacksonville Jaguars to do something. And it's like, dog, we are literally two or three days from the draft, and this is what we're talking about in Jacksonville? Why, why aren't we talking draft picks? Why aren't we talking trading up? Why aren't we talking trading down? Why, why aren't we talking that? Nah, Black. In Jacksonville, the headline news was Tony Khan and Yannick Ngakwe going around for round on Twitter. And you and, and you want to know what else I'm tired of damn hearing, man? And I'm just going to get this off because I don't want to hear this shit no more. Oh, man. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, man. He, he, he's, he's such a good player, man. You have to get a first rounder for him. Uh, C- Seattle got a first rounder uh, for Frank Clark when he went to Kansas City. But you know what, you jackasses? Kansas City can't afford to do that. They have a Super Bowl ring now. They don't care about a fourth, they don't care about a first round pick. They don't care about that. They can afford to do that. Jacksonville, get what you can and stop trying to hold on to Deacon Dockway because you think he's better than Frank Clark and he's worth a first round pick. No, get a second rounder or maybe a third rounder and get him the hell out of here. Get him the hell out of here. I'm so sick of this. You're trying to match him up with this play and what this player did. No. Kansas City Chiefs can afford to do that. The Seattle Seahawks can afford to do that. The Jacksonville can the Jacksonville Jaguars, you cannot. So the best thing for you to do is get more picks. Hopefully it's 15 picks. And you just have the most picks in the draft and rebuild this whole team. Suck. And then let the let the Trevor Lawrence train begin. Because if Trevor Lawrence is not the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars next year, I am done. I am done. And I know Fred would agree with me as well. This is this is horrible, man, that we're dealing with this. I'm sick of all this. Well, we need a first rounder for Ndokwe. No, the hell we don't. Get a second rounder or a third rounder and go get the best player available on the damn draft board. Jesus Christ. What? What did you do in camp? Oof, black. My um, God. I try to give my Jags the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You know, I try to look at things hypothetically. I, I, I'm not like Fred. Fred just don't care about <laughs> care about that shit, so he's not going to look at it hypothetically and, and and try to give them a pass. He don't get they don't no, get a pass with Fred. They don't. 
But I'm trying to look and see what the Jaguars can do. But I know in the bottom of my heart, they're not going to do it. They're going to continue to hold on to Ndokwe until someone needs a defensive end badly and going to give up a first rounder for him. They're not going to let him go until they get a first rounder. And they're not getting and that's, it. And they're not going to get it. He would have. They would have been had it. <laughs> if they ain't got it now, you ain't going to get it. Why did you pass up on sending him to Seattle? They were going to give you the best deal. They was. Why not take that? Yeah. yeah Why I not agree. take that? I agree. But you want to sit on him. Oh, he's he's first he's first round. He's he's better than Frank Clark. What he Frank Clark got a Super Bowl ring. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And you know one thing about Kansas City Chief, their ownership and their presidents are smart businessmen. They know how to do know how to use business. You know Winners. what? You know what they said? Oh, we can get we finna be we finna compete for a Super Bowl. We can give up a first rounder for Frank Claus so we don't have to go draft a young player. We can already get a, a veteran guy in here Plug and bring him, him in. here. Yeah, let's give up our first rounder. You know what Frank Claus helped them get? A Super Bowl. <laughs> So, please, Tony Khan, freaking Dave Caldwell, and Doug freaking Marone, get off, get off y'all, get off this damn thing that y'all sitting on, whatever it may be, and let these guys go. Let them go. Please. Give us 15 picks and, and, and draft and put, assemble the best team you can possible during this 2020 NFL draft. And then when things get tough, you can have the number one pick and you can put the icing on the cake and draft Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson University. That's all I got to say about that. Well, well, I don't, I don't have nothing else to add. I don't even want to come behind that. I mean, we just heard Fred give his uh, 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 unfiltered take and then Black just emotional cry out for help from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't have nothing else to add. It, all I know is it's going to be really, really, really interesting. Really interesting to see what the Jaguars do, man. Like this, this, this draft. And the sports desk has you covered with the 2020 <laughs> NFL draft. That's right. Not only are you not not only are you getting one show from the sports desk this week, you are getting two shows <laughs> from the sports desk this week. Me and Black will be recording live while the NFL draft is taking place this Thursday night, man. And we're gonna roll that out for y'all to hear the very next morning to give our take. So that's right. We will not finish hitting record. We will not end this this next episode until the Jaguars pick ninth and twentieth. <laughs> when the Jaguars <laughs> pick twentieth, that'll be the end of the episode because we cannot afford to miss <laughs> that kind of content uh, coming out of Jacksonville with the draft, man. So yeah, so Marquise Lee was cut today. You couldn't get enough for Marquise Lee, I guess not. Leonard Fournette on the trade block. Why is he still here? From what I was hearing today. They were saying the Detroit Lions are interested in Leonard Fournette. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are interested in Leonard Fournette. Why haven't we heard anything? Well, Tampa, Jack- well, well Tampa took their name out. They said they're not. They did? Know, yeah, they took their okay. name out. But the Detroit thing, yeah. for some reason, Detroit is still alive. Yeah, why? They need a running back. We haven't talked to them? Go get you a third rounder. We haven't talked to them? Why okay, not talk so, to them? 
And then, of course, Yannick Ngakwe is still out here. Why is he? Why? Why is he still on the team? He told you that he was not playing. Why is he still on the team? So we're looking for, a, of course, a different NFL draft this year. It's all digital. You're going to, you know, see these teams drafting from home. It's not going to be your traditional draft. But I was talking to my homeboy, Eddie. And I'm going to have to agree with Eddie, man. Me and him was talking the other day. And he said, man, this is one of, the, one of the more deeper drafts that we've seen in a long time at several positions. Mm-hmm. Quarterback, receiver, defensive tackle, uh, 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 safety, like everywhere, running back. Like this is a deep draft. And the Jaguars with currently 12 picks, man, they can really, 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 really help this team get some young talent in here and trying to shape the culture. And I get it to my boy Eddie too, man. You know, James, uh, not James, uh, uh, Doug Monroe did lead a team to the AFC Championship game. He did. That's on his resume. Jaguars with 10 and 6, won the AFC South, got to the AFC Championship game. That is on his resume. So he does or should remember how to coach. He should remember how to lead. And, and with Tom Coughlin out of the way, I thought we would be on the other side of things. But days like today, it doesn't appear that way. Mm-hmm. When you got Tony Khan and Yannick Ngakwe beefing. So I guess we'll find out what happens on the 2020 NFL Draft. So like I said, yes, not joking around. Sports Desk is giving you a second episode this week. We're going to be doing a live show during the draft. You'll hear our volume up on the TV. Our phones will be burning. All that, man. Black will be mic'd up. And we'll be talking to this mic, man, for the NFL Draft coming this Thursday, man. And we'll be releasing that early Friday morning uh, for you guys to check out. And not only are we not doing it this week, we're doing it next week as well. That's right. You're going to get two shows next week. From the Sports Desk under the Reduced Lunch brand, under the NPM brand, we're going to give you two shows, man. Um, but I think after that emotional outburst, I don't think we're going to uh, go to anything else. I think um, this was an action-packed show. Great content. Thank you, Sports Gods, for the last dance. Thank you, Jacksonville Jaguars, for being idiots again. And thank you for the great uh, and highly favored Freddie Bricks calling in, giving us his emotional outburst. And shout out to my dog, Black, for just <laughs> laying it all on the table, man. With that, I did not expect Black just to really get it going, man. I just really didn't. So shout out, Black. Wait, what? what did you do in camp? <laughs> all right, man. So before we get out of here, man, we have, uh, we have some other news we're going to roll down. I got quite a bit of other tidbits that we didn't get to talk about. So bear with me as I roll these down. And then we're going to be wrapping up today's show uh, here at the Sports Desk, man. So we're going to get my man Champagne uh, back in here. Oh, Tussie Slide uh, available everywhere, like I said. <laughs> All right, man. So here we go. Other news, man. Right fresh from the Sports Desk. Christian McCaffrey got a new deal with the Carolina Panthers. He is now the highest paid running back in the National Football League. They're extending him from his rookie contract, adding another four years to that deal. McCaffrey is not a highest paid back in the National Football League. Black, sad day in the WWE, man. Uh, Doomsday, Black Heart Day is what they're calling it. They had a huge financial cut, man. They cut guys like the great Kurt Ankle, who won the Olympics with a broken freaking neck. 
Kurt Angle is no longer with the WWE. They cut one of my guys who I, I enjoyed watching at one point in time, Rusev Ronsha. Rusev. <laughs> they cut Rusev from the WWE with a host of other young talent they let go. But it's not just it's not just letting the talent go. WWE is uh, really, really saving some cash here. Here are some of the other things WWE is uh, going without. They're reducing executive salaries. That's right, Stephanie and Shane and Vince and Triple H, all these guys be making less. Not that they need any more, but they'll be making less. They're going to be cutting talent expenses. So your favorite superstars, uh, like your Roman Reigns and your Seth Rollins, they might be getting their own uh, condo when they go to the city or their own personal this or personal that. They're going to be cutting it loose. And the WWE was set to be building a brand new headquarters in Los Angeles, California. They have paused on doing that construction. They'll still reside in Connecticut, man. So that's what's going on with the WWE sad day there. And before uh, we want to pause this real quick, want to send out a rest in peace, man, to black. You probably didn't know this, but maybe you did to the first WWWF WWE employee. The Fink, <laughs> the first ring announcer. I'm, I ain't going to call his whole name. I'm going to call him Finkel. The Fink. The Fink passed away this past week, man. This man put out a, a pretty heartfelt message to him on Twitter, man. He said him and the Fink were great friends. And he was the first employee of the WWF, man. The first employee, crazy, man. man. And if you uh, if you saw the old WrestleManias, man, when the Fink would get out there and announce Hogan and Savage and Ricky yeah. the Dragon, Steamboat yeah. <laughs> and Ryder Ryder Piper and Bret Hart and Stone Cold and all these guys, um, he was a great voice for the sport, man. So we're here at Sports Stage. We want to say rest in peace. Rest in peace, Howard. Finkel, man. Rest in peace, Fink. All right, man. So let's get into a little bit more, man. We got a lot of top recruits, man. A lot of top recruits saying we ain't going to college. We're going to the G League. <laughs> We've had three of the top 30 players in this year's class say we are skipping college and going to the G League. Now, here the sports says we're going to get into that a little bit later. But I think this is monumental, man. I don't know if it's everything that's going on with the pandemic and everything that's going on with sports and colleges because we don't know what's going to happen. But you got three of the top 30 guys in this class headed to the G League make some money and enter the NBA draft and, you know, try to take control of their career. Is this going to be a trend? I don't know, Black. We'll see. Yeah. And we have some crazy news come out of New York today. The New York football giants are said to be taking a long, hard look at Justin Herbert. Ooh. When I saw that come across the ticker, Black, I was like, what? Okay. They got, a, they got a young Daniel Jones who showed a little bit last year. Why in the hell are the giants looking at Herbert? I know my buddy Charles Evans out there is out there losing his mind. <laughs> Because he's a big fan of uh, the Giants, and he's a big fan of uh, the young quarterback uh, who they have there now. So, something to watch. Another tidbit from the draft. The Kansas City Chiefs are in prime position to get above 15 so they can add Henry Ruggs to the offense in Kansas City. To add him with uh, Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and, of course, the electric, the, the, the probably best player in the football right now. Patrick Mahomes, man. And so we, Nicole Hardman. Yeah, and Hardman as well. So we're going to keep an eye. Keep an eye on those guys, man. Uh, and a little crazy rumor came out, man. Almost but didn't happen. Stephen Clay. That's right. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson were almost traded to the New Orleans Hornets back in 2011 for Chris Paul in a first round draft pick. But Chris Paul said, if y'all trade me, I'm not signing the extension. So that's why the deal got pulled off the table. Table. So Steph and Clay in their second year were headed to the Hornets for Chris Paul. 
Wow. Kind of crazy, right? Yeah. And last but not least, something to watch, Black. Something interesting is going on in WWE as well. I saw something on Twitter that all of the talent, all of the announcers, everyone has been told not to mention Roman Reigns' name. They say don't mention his name on TV. Don't tweet about him. Don't say anything about him. He is officially blacked out of the WWE right now. Of course, Roman Reigns pulled out of WrestleMania 36 against Bill Goldberg for the Universal Strap. But now rumors are saying he's blacked out from the WWE. No mention at all of Roman Reigns, man. I find that wow. kind of interesting. I find that kind of interesting, Black. We're going to have to keep our eye uh, to that. Yeah. All right. All right, man. So, like I said, we did have a lot of other news, man. And there it is. I just kind of rolled it out. A lot of this stuff we were going to add to our topic block. But, hey, the last dance and the Jaguars rants and the NFL draft kind of took that over, man. But um, it worked out perfectly. Um, and, of course, things to watch for. NFL draft this Thursday, 7 o'clock, the first round. And then the rest of the rounds will be taking place on Friday and Saturday. And, of course, the last dance. Episodes 3 and 4, 9 o'clock, ESPN this Sunday. This Sunday, so much content. You're going to get two episodes from the Sports Desk this week, two episodes next week. We got a lot coming to you guys, man. So, Black, you got anything else, man? And kind of shout out to our listeners, man, before we get out of here. Yeah, man. Um, I got a little something for you here, brother. Okay, what's up? A little <laughs> sports trivia. Okay. You know you're going to get off the hook that fast, my guy. <laughs> but I think you might shine in this. We're going to see, though, because okay, okay. I gave this to a couple of other people, and they Fail miserably. Okay, okay. So let's see. And this is along the lines with the last dance and the, mm-hmm. the last dance and the Chicago Bulls. Okay. So I want to see what my guy has and see if he can answer this for me. Facts. Out of the six championships that the Chicago Bulls have won, how many did they win and which ones did they win at home? How many of the championships were won at home? At home, yes. Sorry about that. Yes. How many of the championships? were won at home, and who were the team? Who were the teams? Portland was the first one. They got them at home. And Seattle. That was on two. Two. Mm-mm. How many? It was three. Who was on the team? The first Jazz championship. Oh, man. <laughs> nope. I, I, I didn't come through. Because if, if, if no one knows, the the uh, the Bulls did play the Jazz back-to-back years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man. 90, so that, 96, 96, 97, and 97, 98 years. So the first one, get, ring number five. Were Was it Chicago? In Chicago. Man, I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. You know, you know, you, you know the ring five was the Steve Kerr shot. Against oh, the Jazz. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Okay, okay. But then you okay. did exactly what everybody else yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I you, forget. I forgot. Everyone didn't remember that that first one against the Jazz because every a lot of people don't. A lot of people look so much until the sixth reign and them beating the Jazz, but they forget about the first one. Yeah, facts. They played the Jazz back to back years. Oh, I'm mad. So I should have missed that. Michael Jordan has won. Three rings at home and three rings on the road. Man, I shouldn't have missed that, man. I shouldn't have missed that. 
<laughs> but yeah, that was good. You got me though. You yeah, got me though. yeah, you got, yeah. Just a little, me. just a little sports fun fact I seen, and I said, you know what? I think I have a little fun with that with my guys and see, you know, my bench start and cut. While I start bench and cut, you know, thing uh, every week. But uh, I seen that man, and I say, oh yeah, I ha- we have to use this on here, man. You got me. Put you on the spot. You got but me. But yeah, man, uh, I appreciate all the love. We appreciate all the love for the, on the show, man. Like I'm looking forward to what we got coming. Thank you. Sports guards for the last dance, the draft, just everything that's going on in the world of sports. Uh, Cause it was looking a little light at first, but here we look, looking like we finna ramp this thing up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving yeah. y'all two episodes in the next two weeks. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to everything. I appreciate all our listeners for showing all the love that we get. Uh, we gonna continue to give y'all great content, and me and my man's gonna continue to put out. Excellent, excellent work for y'all, giving y'all y'all sports news and uh, anything that has to do with sports. We are going to have it for y'all here. Yeah, man. Yes. Uh, Echo Black Sentiments. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for all uh, uh, the listens. Uh, we're on Spotify as well, too. We are now on Spotify, man. So you can catch us not only on SoundCloud, not only on iTunes, not only on the NPN Network, but you can now catch us on Spotify, man. So we got them. We, we everywhere now, man. So ain't no excuse why you can't check out the sports test, man. So, uh, like I said, appreciate all the love, man, all the support. And, um, you know, we just, you know, we just going to keep giving you this content, man. And we've been kind of re-energized with the last dance and, of course, the NFL draft, man. So, we'll be definitely giving that to y'all. So, remember, two episodes. Two. Two episodes. Oh, no. Two episodes. We got two episodes of this sports show. Uh... NFL draft is Thursday and then next week we're going to do last dance and then we're going to give you a wrap up in the NFL draft um, uh, at the end of the week, man. So we appreciate y'all rocking with us, man. Um, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Twitter. If we do some sports on uh, Instagram, you can find me on Twitter, Desert L. Hicks Jr. on both Twitter and Instagram. Black, where can they find you? And you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Black ENL3, man. Y'all hit me up, man. Yes, sir. So this has been episode 52 of the Sports Desk, man. And we'll be catching y'all a little bit. Well, no, we'll be catching y'all in a couple days. Yeah. All right, in a couple <laughs> days, man. So y'all be easy. Stay safe. We, we almost back up and running, man. Y'all be careful. Y'all stay safe out here. The following announcement has been paid for by the Reduced Lunch Action Sports News Desk. Hey, this Reduced Lunch Sports, man. Come on now. Bruh, listen to me right now. Are you kidding, bruh? You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk. You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk.